Welcome to Extra Musical, the podcast where we delve into the lives, thoughts, creative process, and hobbies of musicians and other creative artists. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit www.hiddencinemarecords.com slash podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast and everything else going on at HCR, become a patron at www.patreon.com slash hiddencinemarecords. Today, we're joined by Martha Kato. She's a pianist, composer, and arranger born and raised in Nagoya, Japan. She's been based in New York since 2009 and has performed across the world as a band leader and collaborator at major venues such as Blue Note, Jazz Standard, Blue Note Tokyo, Cotton Club Japan, The Jazz Gallery, Dizzy's Club, Smoke Jazz and Supper Club, and Smalls Jazz Club. You can find out more about her by visiting our show notes, but for now, let's get to the interview. Hey listeners, you just heard a lot about Martha Cato, and we're welcoming her to the show. Thanks for joining us, Martha. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Stephen. Oh, of course. Um, me and Martha actually just got done playing a set of gigs together over the past month in May uh, when we were recording this. So we've only not seen each other for a week, and it's really exciting to get to sit down and uh, talk to her about her, her musical process, and like her journey in general. Because when I met her last year, I was just like, who is this? Who's this awesome pianist? I need to like know more about her. So th- I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, so for like our listeners at home, our first big question always is like, what's your story? So who are you? What do you do? And then where are you based slash where are you from? Okay. Uh, my name is Martha Kato. I am pianist and composer. Uh, I'm originally from Nagoya, Japan, and I moved to New York in 2009. And since then, I've been based in New York. Okay, um, so you're 2009, 14 years you've been there? Yeah, almost oh. 14 years. Oh my gosh, that's that's crazy. So um, one thing that um, Martha does is uh, she said she was a composer. So you uh, do you like spend a typical day like composing or playing piano? What does a typical day look like for a freelance like composer, arranger, and pianist in New York City? That might be a really loaded question. <laughs> Um, my typical day, okay, so I, I'm more focused in, like, playing, like, Mm -hmm. practicing, if, like, if my composer mode is not on, it's, like, usually I wake up and take care of the emails and, like, practice and then go to a gig. So, I mean, and that's, like, over and over. You tend tend to be booked, like, thoroughly in my mind. Like, you're, you're like, an on-call pianist in New York City. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, like, the, the couple last months, yes. But, you know, <laughs> like, sometimes I'm not. Like, sometimes I have more days off. And, you know, sometimes I'm, like, fully booked over, like, a month. But, um, oh gosh! Like this month is gonna be like that, so I'm a little scared about it, but also <laughs> excited about it, and I'm thankful about it too. You know? yeah, did it? Was it always like that? I mean, like probably not. You came to New York first to do grad school, right? To do MSM. Actually, undergrad. Oh, under I, where'd you go to undergrad? I went to New School. 
Okay. For four years, and um, I, I went to Juilliard for one semester, but for a master degree, but I didn't finish. So, I yeah, and before that, I was in Japan, and I didn't go to any college in Japan. So, I graduated from high school, and I took like a year and a half off to you know prepare for moving to New York, mm-hmm. and yeah. Man, it seems like it's been like one kind of wild journey since then. So, like in your practice, I guess since you're not always wearing your composer hat, but you are wearing your your piano hat, like a lot of the times, a lot of your days are filled with with practicing. Like, what does your process look like? That look like with that? Is it just like a ah, oh, whatever I do, or do you have a set thing? Like the other week when we were playing uh, and we were warming up or doing sound check, you just busted out like this Bach thing out of nowhere. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, this lady has like, I don't know, catalogs in her fingers. So what is (laughs) is, like your practice like? I like like to practice, uh, I like to play Bach pieces um, for warm up. So I, I, I play Bach every day actually. And sometimes I add some pieces uh, by Ravel, but that's, that depends on like how much time I have, and after playing like a bunch of Bach pieces and a couple Ravel pieces, I, you know, I, I spent some time on like some music that I have to learn for like some other people's bands or work on my 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 songs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's like my practice. So when you say you do <laughs> practice, uh, when you say you do box, I wish we, they could see our mannerisms. Uh, <laughs> when you say you do Bach every day, is it like a set thing of Bach? Are you like doing like a, what's it called? Uh, the well-tempered clavier and working your way through that? Or did you have a period of time when you did that? Yeah, so I usually play um, a few few pieces from symphonias, and then uh, well tempered, tempered, well well tempered. Oh my god, <laughs> I can't say it. I believe in you, the well tempered <laughs> clavier, the yes. uh, the WTC. Yeah, uh, I I play some pieces from that book. That's my routine. And Man, I usually I play from memory and read just one or two. Oh, this okay, it kind of makes sense how you're so dexterous if you've memorized all these Bach pieces. Like Yeah, I, I just can't imagine. I I I have the well-tempered clavier in my library behind me, mm-hmm. but not to like play, but to like analyze and be like, hey, look at this fugue. <laughs> you know, like not to be like Oh, I'm gonna play this. I don't play piano like that, but I. Mm-hmm. But it's just like amazing that that's just part of your regular <laughs> routine. Because uh, when I listen to you solo, it's just like it makes sense how you're able to do such intricate double lines, mm. like at the same time. If you're playing through Bach every yeah, single day, yeah, yeah, I like I like how he composed these these pieces and like. Memorizing the pieces really like help you understand how you know how 
this music works. And yeah. um, I wanted to say something else too. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, also, so playing Bach pieces, um, you can, you know, exercise both hands. Yeah. Like it's equally. not just the right hand. So yeah. I, I like, I like about that too. Oh, okay. Getting that left hand yeah. to be dexterous, but like, equal. Yeah, Chopin etudes are cool too. Like you know, there's a lot of cool stuff in it, but um, sometimes it's like. You know, the left hand is more like accompanying um, mm -hmm. the right hand type of stuff. So, like, to get, like, to get exercise both hands equally, uh, Bach pieces are great. And it's, you know, pleasant to play and fun. So, yeah. So, wait, do you not spend a lot of time, like, transcribing or, like... Because, uh, like... There was a time, like, earlier... But not not so much these days. I I just learn um, music by ear, mm -hmm. and I don't know if that that counts as a transcription. No, I think it, I think it does. Like I mean, I feel like if you're well versed enough that you don't have to sit down and literally write it down. But if you're just listening and playing back, you're you're transcribing on the fly. Yeah, so like I I like learning music by ear these days, because um, like if you're performing, it's for me it's better for me to like not look look at the music while playing performing, because mm -hmm. you know you get you get to go to a lot of places, and you're not stuck into this piece of paper, so. And also, it it helps like learning by ear, learning songs by ear help um, remembering it for a long time. It's, I when I would when we would do sound checks at places where music would be playing, you would always sit down and play the music back, like to it. I don't know if you did. You notice that you do that? I don't know. <laughs> So, like, for example, at Culture Lab the other day, yeah. when we sat down, oh, there yeah. was, uh, in between sets, there was music playing, you were just playing it back, matching the groove, matching the lines, and then I was like, oh, that's fun. Like, I do that, too, but I don't do that, like, a, a lot in between. Like, I'll just play different, if I'm listening to music while, or if music is playing while I'm trying to warm up, I'll just play whatever and something like oh i wonder what that key is in blah 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 but you seem to be so um used to doing that that you just sit down and immediately pick it out right right yeah i guess that comes from like forever practicing by ear so like with my book well sorry guys we were just on tour together with my book did you just like listen to the recordings over and over um actually for your band i just like listen like listen through all the songs and um i just i didn't try to remember like memorize anything <laughs> sorry but um, no, you're fine i was just interested i was uh, reading it, i was reading let it be known martha was like oh no it wasn't that important to me she's like i don't need to remember those ever again yeah i was 
I'm literally going to burn the paper as soon as I can. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Um, so like, I guess when you do have your composer hat on, Mm -hmm. like how, how do you, how do you go about being creative in that way? Because I guess your practice creativity is just like finding ways through different, different genres of music or different, uh, idioms to be dexterous and, and really, really learn to hear and play the music. But when you sit down to like, create the music yourself what does your process look like are you more like a i write everything out are you more like i hear it like um most of the times i'm like sitting on piano and get some ideas out and you know figure out so i don't write write it down until like it's solidified Mm -hmm. and Sometimes it it all depends on like what kind of music you are writing, but um, sometimes I just you know play around on logic and like mm-hmm. record some ideas and layers and figure out uh, while you know playing around. Um, but for the past, uh, compositions for my band, um, it's usually I sit on the piano and, you know, solidify everything and then write it down. Oh man. So it's like, it kind of has to be this full thing before you commit to putting pen to paper. Yeah, I, you know, I take notes, but I'm, I guess I'm, like, very careful about, like, mm, how do you say, like, once it's on paper, it's, like, you can be stuck with it, so. Yeah. Like, when I write, it's, like. Like, confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this is what I want it to be. Yeah. I mean, I, of course, I, I, you know, I, I make adjustments. But, yeah, that's, that's how I work, I guess. I I feel like the, the feeling of when you literally write down, especially when you both do both melody and rhythm at the same time, when you write both of those ideas and write out a melody or pitch and rhythm and you write out a melody, that makes it really solidified where it's like, this is a melody and it's just hard to like adjust the idea. Well, not adjust the idea, but like to deviate from the thing that you were like, this is it once you write it down. So I I get that feeling. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that, that, um, concrete mm. like nature of putting pencil to paper is 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 something i've heard before mm-hmm. so um like with staying creative and staying productive what is like a the biggest challenge that you have as a working musician uh in new york city uh with with those two idioms of staying creative and staying productive um 
challenge. Uh, I guess it's to secure time. Like I would, when I'm wearing a composer hat, I'm like borrowing your uh, language. <laughs> um, I I can't really practice piano. Like I need to be concentrated on like composing, and it's it's hard being a player and a composer at the same time. And also like being in New York, you have to, you know pay the rent, you have to play the gigs, you, you have to go to gigs. Like, my ideal, like, I want to, like, I want to have, like, one week or, like, two weeks just with nothing. And I just, you know, go compose. No, like, errands, no, like, well, okay, errands may be for refreshing, but it's it's really hard to do everything you know like compose compose during the day and practice before the gig and go to gig that's that's hard that's that's a challenge i guess for me yeah i i feel like that's where like the idea of those residencies come in or not i guess not like residencies like at a school but like the 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 composer residencies where you get to go to a place and just just write mm-hmm. like those have always seemed appealing to me for the same reason because there's not like composing and or like seven other things to do during the day there's no teaching there's no playing there's no like teaching there's no gigs there's no errands as you said which it could be a whole day like they provide meals for you because you don't have to like yeah. like go to the grocery store and cook and then like I don't know, go out with a friend who invited you out, which is not a burden, and none of these things are burdens, but it's just, like, it moves away from the focus. Right. It's not, like, it's not necessarily something that you can do and then be like, okay, I'm done, and then go. It's not, like, a punch-in, punch-out type of idea. And, you know, like, most, like, a lot of the times for me when I'm, like, on composer mode, um, you know, you, you... give up in the end of the day, you know, like, okay, I'm going to bed and like lying on the bed and some ideas come up in the head and like, uh, you know, the brain doesn't stop working. No. And that's hard too. Like you end up staying up until like 5 a.m. or something and your your sleeping schedule is totally messed up. I I get tired really, really easily. What happens for me is I tend to, if I, especially during the summers, is I'll wake up really early mm-hmm. to write because, like, I, I'm already used to waking up early anyways. Yeah. So <laughs> instead of staying up till 5 a.m., I'll get up at 5 a.m. and then I'll be like, going ham, going ham, going ham, going ham. And then I'll blink and someone's like, it's dinner time. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I, I barely did anything today. Even though you did, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I I totally get it. But I believe, you know, there's no waste time. Like, even it looks like you didn't do anything done today. But, like, for me, usually, like, after those dates or, like, that day, like, something 
something comes up the next day. Yeah. So. And sometimes it's good to like rest and then come back to the ideas that you were working with. And I feel like I, I get a clearer sense of, oh, I like this. I don't like this. Or I like this and I like this too. Mm-hmm. But I wish this were slightly different and like a space. And it's almost like mixing an album. You come back and you're like, oh, I didn't hear that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. we could also like chunk out two weeks of time and just go for it yeah yeah although it's like being in new york there are like a lot of cool music always going on so it's like it's always inspiring to get out and listen to some you know some music so you know, I guess that's a balance. Like you, you want to block two weeks, or but also like you want to see some stuff. Yeah. Who have you seen recently where you're like, man, this was really, really heavy. I'm so glad I came. Oh, um, I went to Hermeto Pascual show. Oh, nice. That was great because I'm a big fan of Hermeto. Um. Before that, uh, I went to my friend Takuya Kuroda's show at Le Poisson Rouge. Oh, cool. And that was great, too. And what else? Um, also, um, Maro. Maro's yeah. at uh, Baby's Alright in Brooklyn. Yeah, I've I've been seeing a lot of great shows in new york and i'm glad it's back after pandemic yeah you know? after the pandemic oh my gosh yeah i can't i can't imagine i mean like i was already used to not seeing anything because uh, where i live but i couldn't imagine like seeing things so often blah 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 and then like everything stopping mm-hmm. all at once uh i mean like that happened with school where i teach but not necessarily with my personal life it was our my like musical professional life it was it stopped, but I wasn't going at full speed until after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like all these people, had to stop. There were. So, have you been? Did you go to any of the venues that had since closed, like the Jazz Standard or um, the Fifty Five Bar? Those are some venues that I always wanted to go to. Yeah, um, I've played those venues, but we're all sad about them closing. Yeah, I'm hoping that like something comparable like comes back up it's just like 
frustrating that money is the, like everyone was going through it. And why did those venues have to, you know, be part of the part of the yeah. decline in it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, we're still playing. We're still trying, trying our best to play. It's cool that you get to play as much as you can too, like at the other venues that are still around. And some venues came back like, um, what's that one place? Um, Shapeshifter. They're coming back. Oh yeah, I haven't been there for a long, long time. I heard that the they they've got a new location. Mm-hmm. So the um, there's it's a different location. I don't remember where it is, but they have a new location and it's coming back, which is really really cool. Um, I don't know about any other venues that have come back, but it's just like it's promising to still see what you're talking about the the all the music coming back to New York City mm-hmm. where. It was like a dead stop two years ago. Yeah. Mm. Um, is there anything outside of music that you do that, like, you feel contributes to your process or that, like, contributes to you not being a part of that you don't feel like you're wearing a musician's hat when you're doing it? Uh, I play basketball. Oh yeah, I forgot you told me about that. Yeah, you started playing. Not started. You started playing basketball over the pandemic, right? Right. At the oh. start of the pandemic, I started uh, playing basketball, and I, I got into it so much, and it's actually it's you know part of my routine, like daily life routine. Like I. Play, oh, you play it daily. I mean, not daily, but weekly. Yeah, I mean, still, yeah, yeah, that's once still... Once a week, or once a week. Last time I played basketball was probably, like, 2016, so... Okay. When you say, tw- yeah, twice a week, I'm like, that's still a lot to me. So, like, do you play, like, pickup games with friends, or, like... Yeah, games with friends, and... Like, when I play twice a week, um, one of them would be, like, playing games with friends... And the other time would be like work on fundamental with smaller group of people. Oh, okay. So you're like trying to, you're going to be a community league star is what you're telling me. You're like going to be like Steph Curry, but like <laughs> Martha, it's your, you're going like 100 from the three line around the world, all that. Yes. <laughs> so do you get to, Oh, sorry. When you um, travel, do you go? Do you still play basketball? Like, if you're on not on tour, like in a but when you're on tour in like cities, do you like find places to play, or is that not a thing? So last year, when I toured with Remy, Remy LeBeau, mm-hmm. uh, we had some days off, and we were all going on a car. So I brought my basketball and basketball shoes, and we we played once during the oh, yeah. tour. Yeah. Is Remy any good at basketball? Remy is actually good. Oh, okay, but, cool. Yeah. I feel like I'd be like sorely disappointed or by and, um, or disappointing. <laughs> like if you tried to play basketball with me. And the drummer Peter, Peter Cronreif, he's also good. Man. So, yeah, we had some fun. 
I can I couldn't just imagine you crossing people up, breaking ankles, and then going, yeah. <laughs> like after what you do, do you like change demeanor when you play basketball? Or are you like still like you seem like very level all the time? Like, yes, mm-hmm. But like when you play basketball, do you like turn into like a basketball monster? Or are you like <laughs> I, pretty I don't think I I I'm just so much different. So different from like no more Martha, but <laughs> it's it's just fun, and also like playing with the other people, with other people, it's it it's similar to like jazz improvisation sometimes, jazz ensemble, because you can you can go really to like to the rim just by yourself, like with with some tricks moves. But you can also like communicate with the with the other others in your team, and it's there's a lot of like how do you say like you know like in jazz you if you hear this specific like rhythm you have to like everybody knows like. What's coming next? Yeah, there's like yeah. a lot of anticipation or anticipation, like yeah. So in basketball, you know, like if you if you screen someone, then you know there's some anticipation always. Like you, man. I've never really thought about it like that. I well, I only played basketball like on a team until like I was 14, and I was never really good at it. Mm-hmm. I never really compared it to to other things to make those parallels. But I mean, a lot of great musicians like yourself could think of sports in comparison to how ensembles work, mm-hmm. like the communication, the communicative part of it, the, the improvisatory part of like, we don't know what's going to happen as we travel down the court. Like we don't know who's going to get the ball or what's going to happen. Is it going to be a one person effort? Is it going to be a five people effort? Is it going to like, are there going to be any fake outs, you know? Yeah. Like, so that's that's cool that uh, that so, you get the yeah. same mindset. Yeah, yeah. So I I I kind of relate music to to basketball. Oh, so do you have any figureheads in basketball that you admire that you were like, like we have musical icons? Who's your like basketball person? Um, I just like Stephen Curry. Oh, yeah. You did say you like Golden State. I, I remember I, the other week. That doesn't mean I pl- my play style is. Like Stephen Curry. Oh, you're not like just lobbing it. You're. I'm just, I'm just working on, you know, my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I like Stephen what Curry. I can do what I can't do. Can you dunk yet? Oh, it's close. I'm. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mar- Martha. What are you like? Five three, five four. Five four, five three. Like uh, five foot four. What's your height? Oh, I don't, I don't know it in feet. Actually, what's in centimeters? One sixty one centimeter. Oh my gosh! What I'm gonna type right now? What is that? One sixty one centimeters in feet. You are five two. You're five three. So it's five two point eight. Yeah, you're five three. So Duncan's gonna be a little hard. Working but on we're gonna, it, you know? We're going to get you there. Yeah. We're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. If there were, like, such thing as, like, 
box symphonias for the for the legs. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, it's like box jumps, but like instead of Johann Sebastian Bach, it's like boxes. You know, like box jumps, like box jump. What? Oh, box jump. Uh, <laughs> box jumping is an exercise uh, for height and for leg strength, um, where you take oh. boxes mm-hmm, and you jump. I see. Up and down from, and then you like, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's a box yeah. jumps to work on your vertical height. <laughs> so basketball people do that a lot, but instead of B O X, it's B A C H S. Man, it's good to be back in Cleveland. For over three decades, the Bop Stop has served as the home of jazz in Cleveland, featuring everyone from up-and-coming local talent to the legends of jazz. I'm Daniel Peck. Join Gay Pollock and me weekly as we bring you an hour of live jazz directly from our stage on Live at the Bop Stop. But people around the country know how great a club this is. New episodes of Live at the Bop Stop are available every Monday at noon on your preferred podcast provider. What's one thing about your artistic life that you, like, didn't expect um, when it comes to being in New York, being a pianist, being a composer? Like, when you were 19, prepping to come to the U.S., what what is, compared to 30-something-year-old Martha now, what's one thing you didn't expect? That's a good question. Um... Hmm. Well, when I moved to New York, I didn't expect to stay that long, this long. But I in, in I'm like I end up staying for 14 years after moving. That's one thing, I guess. But it's also like not exactly what I didn't expect. Ah. So it's it's a tough question. Something that I didn't expect. Like being in New York you always go with the flow, right? And Like, I'm open to, like, go into any opportunities. So, like, I guess I didn't expect, um, well, I didn't, I didn't have any expectation. I don't know, but um, (laughs) I, like, 14 years ago, I didn't expect. I wasn't expecting to be, like, involved in a lot of big band scene in New York. Oh, really? That's, like, just happened with, like, what I was capable of doing. Like, I'm a pretty good reader, and I guess people started calling me for that. But, yeah, and... I play a lot of big bands, uh, gigs, big band gigs too. So yeah, and that's I mean, that's, that's how what I, I met you. 
Yeah, that's how that's what I know you from. So it's funny that you say that. Where you're like, ah, I didn't expect to play so many big band gigs. And it's like outside of the octet stuff that we just did, the only thing I'd ever done with you before is big band stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like it's cool that that expect, unexpected thing happened because then we wouldn't know each other. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, I. I would stress how great of a reader you are. <laughs> like, I don't think there's a single time I've ever been like, oh, man, she's dropping the beat on that one thing. Let me make sure Martha knows, like, in a rehearsal. <laughs> you just, like, walk in and you're like, all right, here we go. Boom. Like, even the one gig that we did um, in the fall in September, you weren't able to make the rehearsal, and you came in and just, like, slayed it. And I was just like, Martha, man, like... Was it at the Culture Lab? Yeah, that was at oh, Culture okay. Lab too. Right. Yeah, it was it was windy and cold and everything kept blowing away for all the people <laughs> in the back the back left of the stage or the backstage right. It was not it wasn't funny at the time, but now it's just it's I feel like it's hilarious because of <laughs> like, wow, what a poopy outside gig. The venue, wonderful. That night, not great. <laughs> like not musically, but like weather wise and wind wise. It was just like, hey, what if I blew all of your music around regardless of what you wanted me to do. Hmm. It was, uh, there were a couple of people who were struggling real hard. They got on the struggle bus and they never got off. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's, uh, what's, uh, have you ever had a, a mentor, uh, like in music? So like when you came here, um, 14 years ago and study at the new school and then like since then are there any like big figures in your life that kind of like guided you through your 14 years in New York mm, I guess all my friends musician friends they they helped me shape myself uh, as a musician um mentor mentor um okay so at new school i met this guy robert sadin he's a producer and he's a mysterious guy he's like he doesn't talk about himself so and also like it's like you go on in the internet and search his name and you don't you don't find out uh, a lot information about him and you know like which uh, college he went to like but he's he has worked with so many great musicians like Herbie Hancock um, Sting um, Wayne Shorter Placido Domingo um yeah, so he was teaching this class called Special Topics at New School. It was kind of like a hidden secret class. Like you you see like a list of the you know, courses. Um you see it but you have no idea what it's about. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. But you know, mouth to mouth um people were you know, the students there were like Man, this is the best class in new school, and you should take it. And I, I took it at my like third year at new school, and 
he is he was like teaching I mean he I don't know where to start I think this I think I'm having a I have a feeling that this might be <laughs> this might be um, very long and I try That's to fine. try to find a shortcut <laughs> um so this class, um, we just he just pick up uh, one piece, like it could be uh, some excerpt from like Tristan and Isolde, just like six measures of like you know this like two hour three hour opera, or like. Um, Brahms uh, symphony or like one time it was um, Bach, uh, Bach's invention mm-hmm. Bach you say Bach right Bach yeah yeah Bach <laughs> Bach invention and just focus on like he he so Focus on this one piece, one semester, and he wanted to have us talk through, like, what's going on on this music. And, um, you know, he was, he was saying, like, we don't want to be, like, the person who, like, points out at the concert and, like, this, this First violinist, uh, the intonation is blah blah blah. Um, the you know you don't you don't want to be like that. Um, he was always telling us um, we want to talk about the music, and it was a great class. And the only thing you have to do is email him every week before the class like if you didn't do anything you just drop a line drop him a line I didn't do anything I didn't have time this week and he'll be okay and but like if you find out something about the music you just write to him like what what you work work on and like what you find out and he'll be like Martha, can I talk to you? And your email was great. <laughs> How you like, you know, um, see music, hear the music. It's it's great, and it it became. Um, so I took I kept taking this class for the the next four semesters, like until the end of the end of my, you know, school year, school, you know. Like the end of your degree and stuff. Yeah. Because it was only like one credit class and... Oh, so you could fit it in. Yeah. And... So, this class was great. I was always writing him something. Sometimes I I was like, I didn't didn't do anything this week, (laughs) too. (laughs) And... He, yeah, so, like, the, he was, like, everybody gets A. 
after this class. But it depends, like, not depends. Um, it's it's all about like how you use your time and how you spend the class. So it was like very meaningful for me, and he was always saying that like there's no wasting time. Like if you if you spend some time, it's it's always gonna be something. Like so, yeah. Like you know, today a lot of people focus on like how like how you can achieve something with a short uh, time. And that's like, that's like being productive. But he was saying, um, it's it's okay to it's okay to spend time, and it's it's great to spend time. So during this class, I was working on this this song called "After the Rain," which is on my first album, and I. I decided to take as much time as I could back then. Like I blocked, I kind of blocked two weeks back then. And like I was, you know, like taking paper on the practicing room uh, little window so nobody can bother me. <laughs> and I I picked up the furthest uh, room in the building so nobody <laughs> can bother me and i i really focused on like finishing this song and spend the time and i really spent time on that piece and it, the result was great like i i was so happy about what i wrote and it was it was like it was great and i after that i knew like how, like what he meant with like so, no waste of time yeah yeah so so after graduating from the school new school um I went to Juilliard, but when I got accepted, like I, I applied, but I wasn't sure if I really want to go. And after the audition, I, I got accept, accepted, and I, I, I talked to Robert, like, hey, Robert, I'm not sure if I really want to go there, but what do you think? And he was like, I think you should go there, and... You can quit anytime. <laughs> and I, yeah, so I, I went there and, um, and something was not right with, for me, like being there, like it wasn't for me. So I decided to leave, but I was always like talking to Robert, like, hey, um, I might 
not finished Juilliard. I might leave. Um, I'm I'm struggling. Like making decision. And he said, like, <laughs> when I first thought told him about this, um, he was like, leave as clean as possible. Leave as soon as possible. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody else said to me. And um, yeah, so I left. And after that, I I kept in touch with him. And uh, actually, when I recorded my first album, he was always... Like we all we like talk on the phone like every other day or something like about like you know recording an album is really a lot of work a lot of different tasks right yeah and you know like which studio you you're taking you people musicians and schedule scheduling rehearsals you know a lot of a lot of uh unmusical stuff we have to take care of and also musical stuff that you have to take care of so we were always on the phone and talking 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 like martha how's it going and i'm like um, I need to uh, I need to figure out the you know the fees and stuff. Uh, we were talking everything, and to me it was very helpful, like to have someone like Robert Sadin who's been like working with a lot of people and like done a lot of recording sessions. And to me, it was my first recording session as a band leader. And there were like a lot of, lot of things I didn't know. Yeah. And so it was very helpful. And, you know, once in a while, I write, write to him like my recent, you know, like we just catch up on emails or like phone calls and also this time with Soluna he we were always like talking about like how it's how it should be done and like talking through this kind of stuff was really helpful so he's like still kind of in that same mentor role, just maybe not as frequent? Um, yeah. Well, he, he doesn't mind, like, receiving emails, like, long emails from <laughs> me at any time. And he will be like, great email, Martha. Keep going. You know? But, yeah, um, since I'm done with the record right now, we are like less in touch. But I know I should I should write to him. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking well, about him. 
it's really special though that you have that uh, that someone with that relationship towards you. I remember my um, my grad school composition teacher has all had always been like that. Has always been like that. Each time I'm in, back in town, I try and get coffee with him just to mm-hmm. catch up on how life is going and all this stuff. But he was just like super encouraging. And uh, when I was I wasn't in contact with him as much when I was doing Smash about questions and stuff. But I just remember him like really instilling the drive to go do things and to like not necessarily settle for what I think I can do, but really put myself out of my comfort zone and like just try and do the mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so like a mentorship and, and having someone believe in you who's seen other people do things is always really, really important. Yeah. I get of advice like we're 18 year old self they just got out of year four of high school they're prepping to come to new york what would you give yourself as a piece of advice i don't know just keep going (laughs) yeah yeah i don't have any advice for my uh 18 year old martha It's just like I'm watching you. I'm watching you contemplate, and you're like, "Hmm, nothing. Just keep doing the thing." Do you, Martha? Yeah. (laughs) Um, What have you been working on that you want the listeners to know about? Oh, uh, so my my second album, Soluna, just came out yesterday. Yesterday, uh, June second, and. so check it out. And um, I have a release show at TZ's July 24th. This is oh, New York City. Cool. This will definitely be out before that. So I'm okay. going to, yeah, I'll make sure I include uh, a link to that. If, and I'll ask you for, if you have an image for that yet, yeah, I'll put it in the same thing. But yeah, I mean, like, uh, oh man, that's going to be really exciting uh, that you have that that show. The album's great. People already listened to it twice, actually. Thank you. Uh, yesterday while I was at work, I gave it one listen, and then I think I had messaged you about it. No, I had, like, posted something about it, and then, like, an hour later, I was like, all right, class is over. Let me listen to this again. And then there's that uh, one, the the one single, um, Insho Show. Insho Show Abe. Yeah, I was like, man, this groove is cool. I love when people displace the same motive and it makes the sound like 
uh, like kind of lopsided, but it's still in four. I was like, is it still in four? Like, oh, that's hip. Yeah. Um, I really like the, uh, this album. And uh, I actually haven't listened. Is your first album a big band album? It's a similar instrumentation. It's uh octet with guitar. Guitar, woodwinds, brass. Okay. So Tales I need to, from the trees. Tales from the trees. I need to go uh listen uh to that too, because I haven't listened to that yet. I've just listened to Saluda the other day. I've just seen you play so much that I was like, Oh yeah, Martha's killing. I need a record in my hand, I already knew. <laughs> Is there a question you'd wish I had asked you? <laughs> it's the it's the long pause and <laughs> and the laugh after each one is like <sighs> and then um where can listeners find uh more about you online or follow you instagram facebook twitter uh, my website youtube are they all just like it, you're? I mean, I don't. I don't think I've ever had someone else pop up when I've Googled Martha Cato. Like, if I put Martha Cato music, you pop up. So it's very simple oh, to find you. Good. Yeah, yeah, you're good SEO man. Like, I'm even gonna go type it right now, just to in the same when I'm checking your height. Martha Cato music. Yeah, like literally. Yeah, you're the only Great. thing that pops up. Great. So if any people, I'll put links, but all you got to do is Google Martha Cato with a K and it'll pop up. Um, Martha, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show today. Like, I feel like this was the most contemplative interview that we've had. Like, usually, oh, we're like thinking. Like, it's a very, very thoughtful where you we pause and we think. And there's space to think. Yeah, Usually, that, I'm like, "That's my, uh, my, that's me." Sorry. <laughs> Martha's like, "That's my vibe." I don't, I'm not uh, Um, you know, I really appreciate it because usually I'm just like laughing and screaming the whole time, yeah. and uh, this is just a different. It's a different. It's a different vibe, and I like it. Uh, which is funny because like your music is very fun, <laughs> so like it's it doesn't seem as uh, it's not as. Uh, contemplative all the time like you show show abe i was like grooving and you groove like when you play you yeah. groove it's so crazy sorry i wish everyone on this podcast had a chance to see her play and if you are in new york city or if you're around the area and you see her name on a thing go listen especially if you can hear her play like organ pieces or like hip-hop influence pieces i'm just like who this lady just slaying it right now i had a, several of those moments over the past couple over the past month so it's really funny that when you talk or when you have like a long conversation it's extremely contemplative because you're like your inner soul really comes out when you're playing you're just like blah, blah, blah. and you're like yeah man i'm i'm just chill you're a very chill person thanks steven <laughs> Well, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Uh, everyone, you heard uh, from Martha Cotto. Uh, for now, stay musical and stay well. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extra Musical. Extra Musical is a Hidden Cinema Records production. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts and look out for future episodes. Bye for now.